0: Brian Nelson, a retired Army Major and combat veteran, served as a Deputy Director of Joint Services for the Washington National Guard and Operations Officer of Task Force Dagger in Afghanistan. A Russian-speaking intelligence officer with a Master's Degree in Organizational Leadership, Brian was the early adopter of resilience training in the military. He later founded GRIT 360, a consulting firm for mental skills, character, and leadership development. He and his wife, Kelly, also founded an animal rescue called Kindred Souls Foundation. Brian directs a race called Unleashed at Stadium Bowl. You can catch his TEDx Tacoma Talk called One Pound Stronger for his insights based on his cognitive neuroscience studies and his experience in the weight room.
1: Brian was an early adopter of resilience training during his military days, and we'd love to speak to him and learn more about that. Welcome, Brian.
2: Hey, Cheryl. Thanks. Glad to be here.
1: So you know the situation that we're in as a nation with COVID-19 being the new front lines of the battle.
2: I mean, we're at war. We're at war with Mother Nature, and she's one badass bitch, right? I mean, uh, this is this is serious.
1: It really is. And, uh, you know, I see a lot of parallels for the healthcare workers that are rushing into the new front lines with maybe new soldiers on their first deployment. And... I know that you probably have experienced that with National Guard soldiers, so I'd just love to hear about your experience with that.
2: You know, I, I thought about this uh, when I was walking my dog today, and I and I was trying to put myself in their shoes, and it, I think it's very similar to when we get the the CONOP to deploy, the order to deploy, and, and while we have prepared, um, it's still scary, right? It's so big. War is so big, and it's It can be overwhelming. And I was thinking, you know, there's so many things that we have to our benefit, though. They are one. Thank God they chose a career field that matters. Right. Like, I mean, you could be a gender studies or journalism major and just hate yourself feeling, you know, useless and, uh, you know, ineffective at home right now. But they're they they have the tools and the training to fight this beast Um, Two. Our technology, our country. I mean, like, like God, we we are the best prepared. They are the best prepared people, and we have the best technology. And the, with that, every nation in the world comes to our our country for the universities. We got the best education, the greatest technology, the most innovative minds. We have the best prepared people to fight this thing, and that's that's what we say to our soldiers when we're going to war. We have to remind ourselves that we this is exactly what we've been training for right like this and and yeah it's scary um but you just well i guess that's to start is is uh like you are prepared uh better than anybody in the world and the entire planet is like behind you right like wishing you well um again in fact i get emotional when i think about it it's like um like the you know, you have three hundred and thirty million people praying for you and thinking, "Well, like, go after it." Like, I mean, like, we need you. You are at, in 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 war for the human race, and this is one scary fight. But but nobody else is better prepared than they are.
1: That is a, such an a positive and optimistic view of the capabilities. And and I know that you've encountered a situation before that where the plan went out the window. It's chaotic. It might be ambiguous. Um, How do you maintain that that optimism throughout that chaos?
2: Okay. So just this may not seem. I was as we were going to deploy. I was a company commander, and I'd been the company commander for about a year and a half, and so I had a degree of mastery. I I felt very, very comfortable. And then just just as we're going to deploy, my boss, the battalion commander, fires me and says, "Nelson, you're going to be the S three, the operations manager, which is a completely different job." And uh, and I really was intimidated, very intimidated, because it's a significant it's a different role and a very big role that would infect the entire battalion, not just my my company. And what I learned out of that is you you can't stay big. You need to focus way down to what you can do. Like and so when it's when it begins to get scary and, and it's uncertain, there's always an action. Action solves it assuages the fear it makes it go away right so you just you just solve the problem in front of you and then you solve the next problem in front of you and then you solve the next problem in front of you there's always something that you can do and when we you know you could be in a convoy going outside the wire for your first time and you're scared as shit right i mean it's scary and bad guys are everywhere weapons out and they they know you know they want to shoot you in the face um so you begin to rehearse instead of thinking about how horrific everything is you think of a particular confrontation and then you run in your head the battle drill right cuz we've been trained for these things and 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 you and you okay i'll do this they do this i do this and then and then when if when something happens you just solve you just stay very narrow and close we solve the problem right there and we don't go we don't let our minds go outside of that if that if that makes sense, and, and we are bigger than any problem, because the problems are actually really small when, when we just do the one right in front of us. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So it's just staying focused on you know the the thing that you most need to do right then. Um, I guess kind of like eating. Yeah. an elephant, Right. How do you eat an elephant? Well, right. One. One, one by. The <laughs> <time>. <laughs> and that's all you can do. Yeah. Otherwise, it could get overwhelming.
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a religious guy, but I, I, I read a lot of things. And I was reading uh, the Bible the other day and there was this passage. It's when, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase it and I hope to not insult anybody who's, you know, deeply religious. But so so there's a, all these disciples are on a boat. It's big and stormy and they're all scared of shit. And so Jesus comes out and he's walking on the water, right? He's like, um, and uh, Peter, is like, hey, dude, I'm going to get out and meet you out there. So he jumps out of the boat and starts trumping across the water, right? Like Peter's all of a sudden walking on the water. And then it says he noticed – so he, in my mind, he's picturing He's, he's looking at, at, at Jesus. And then it says he notices the storms and the waves, and he begins to sink. He, And then Jesus says, you have little faith. And I thought, well, what does that faith really mean? I think it means, at least in, in my interpretation in this particular instance, it means our focus and our attention. If you stay on what you can do, right? If you, if you, if we let our minds travel to the big scary, right? Then, then we begin to sink. Um, and it's, 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 you know, i was written for two thousand years ago, five thousand years ago, however long. But it's the we know it in neuroscience now, right? You, you just stay focused. So, that's uh,
1: a that's a really powerful metaphor, um, both for staying focused on the goal and. Um, being able to tune out the distractions around you and the detractors from getting the job right. done.
2: Yeah, yeah. And there and there's everything that's, that's trying to pull ourselves away from it, but you just stay focused, right? And and it, it takes some mental jujitsu, right, to do that, but we're, we're capable of doing that. Um, it helps when you practice meditation, <laughs> notably, But uh, uh, but even without that practice, you can do it
1: tell me more about the practice of meditation how how does that fit into resilience
2: well i I, one it's there there's so much to it one it's i think the biggest practice with the first thing we learn one is we, we we exercise the attention muscle our ability to focus um and secondly what you do with uh with a mindfulness practice is really it's practice to eat when i first started meditating and i would try and sit quietly and focus on my breath in like Three or four nanoseconds. I'm thinking about the day. I'm thinking about the cats, what, whatever. And I would beat myself up and like, Oh man, I suck at this. But really what you, when you, when you recognize you're not thinking about your breath and you go, Oh, I'm not thinking about my breath. You think that's a rep. Like that's a pull up. You're meditating. It's, it's the, it's the catching yourself and bringing yourself back to the task at hand. That's like almost the one primary skill in in mindfulness is just bringing our mind back and not you know not judging yourself for for getting distracted it's it's the winning catching yourself is winning that's meditating that's mindfulness is bringing it back to the task at hand
1: and that sounds like resilience which is bouncing back right coming back
2: yeah absolutely i mean it is a there's so many metaphors right get back on the house or on the horse you know you brush yourself off from the plate when you got a chinner, you know, coming at you um, and and you have to, but you have to get back in the plate. You have to swing the bat. Um, and it is, it is, you know, there's, it's, there's so many things with, you, like with, with Teddy Roosevelt, you know, it's not the critic that counts. That's um, such a powerful quote. Right. Uh, but he says, you know, it's, you're battered and bruised and dirty and sweaty, and it's not pretty. Right. It's not, it is not, uh, you're not indifferent, you're all in. And it's, it's, it is, it's kind of gross, right? Snot bubbles and spit and, and blood and and all of that. But that's, that's resilience.
1: Yeah. It's the man in the arena. Right. And, and yeah,
2: yeah exactly. Yes. Nobody
1: yes. can criticize you. Cause they're not even in the arena. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. the best you can.
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny too. I've thought about it's just a, a sports metaphor. It's like I've, I've thought about it. like you can only see that killer bounce pass when you're playing the game. You don't see it from the stance, right? Like you have to be in the fight. You have to be engaged uh, with the enemy, with the game, or whatever it is to to see the opportunities, to see the winning the, the winning catch, the winning pass, and 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 the critics fuck them, right? I mean, they're the journalism majors, right? Like. They don't count. And, and there'll be a reckoning when this is all over for all the clowns out there, the non-adults uh, that just want to pick it, pick apart everybody that's in the fight.
1: Switching gears a little bit. Can you tell me about a time that somebody else was able to help you through some tough moments? What did that look like?
2: Yeah, I think um, so. Here, here's what I think. I, I, I like its core, like uh, like everybody needs to be seen and everybody needs to be heard. Like people matter and we need to belong. Um, and the most powerful thing that anybody had said to me was we were, it was at the end of my, my deployment and I was, we call it Riptoa. So I was switching out with my, uh, the incoming S3. And after it, we had done a big, we had about a two hour discussion on how I would fight his fight because our, our task, our, we had different, we had a different battalion, different, different organization. And, uh, as we were leaving, this guy was a colonel and he puts his arms around both of us and he says to Dave, he says, Hey, Dave, um, everybody, everybody here at division knows that Brian has been in command the entire year. And, uh, I wasn't, I was not in command, right? I was the, I was the S three and I was doing a major's job as a captain. And I almost wept in that, like, it was like, thank you. Like somebody recognized my effort. So I would say what we can do for our people more than anything is like set a goal to catch 10 people doing something right every day. There's a couple of good things about that. One, it, it keeps our head, it fights against our negativity bias, right? So you're, you're seeking the good, you're seeking the right, and then you tell them, you name it and you say it. I mean, you, you fist bump them, well done, or, you know, like look them in the eye and know and, and, you know, maybe even a nod with his social distancing. I don't know what, what they can do, you know, in a medical, right? A, a, a fist bump, but give a metaphorical well done. And it's, that's all we need, right? Like that. It's, it, we don't want the easy life, right? We want to be in the fight and we want people to know we want to, I guess we need, we need to be seen and we need to be heard that we're, that what we're doing matters. Um, and so it's that's it. Right. It's, it's, it's saying thanks. It's acknowledging well-timed, you know, accurate, good feedback will fuel people for a decade.
1: I wanted to underscore a couple of things I've heard while we've been talking to you. One is that action is the antidote to fear. Absolutely. And that recognition is the fuel.
2: I think so. Yeah, I think it's a like it's scary. Everything is scary. But, but the scariest thing is to be alone. And so, you know, so we need to, we need to tell our people that they matter and that they belong and we need you at your best, right? Like those are core things. So when you say thank you, you're, you're, you're telling people that they're not alone. You're recognizing their efforts, that their actions matter. And it, it is uh, profoundly, it's way better than a bonus, right? It's way better. That's the kind of currency that keeps us alive and fuels the soul uh, way more than any big paycheck or stock options or any of that shit, right? I mean, who cares about that? We'll figure that out after COVID, right?
1: (laughs) How do you renew and sustain yourself or how do you de-stress?
2: So routine, 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 routine. One is stay in a routine. Get up at the same time, go to bed at the same time. Take care of the body, your body's a temple. So coffee's great, energy drinks, no. Get that sugar, get that shit out, right? Like. Um, and eat green shit, right? Like eat healthy, uh, and do PT, do PT. But then, you know, all of those things keep us, uh, renewed. I would say journaling is important and it's a skill. So if you're new at it, stick with it and it gets better and it can be very rewarding, but connection with others. So, um, it, I don't think that they're going to be able to go, you know, out and have a beer after, after work, but so they'll have to reach out to their loved ones and, and connect with them. Um and do a FaceTime or a Zoom, right? Like so connection, right? That's Brene Brown said it's the an irreducible need, right? Uh that means it can't get any smaller. <laughs> so connections and then and it's and it's treating yourself with respect, right? Treating you let yourself like an athlete and 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 getting to bed on time and getting up on time and doing those things that that cannot let yourself you're cheating yourself when you, if you sleep in too late, because yeah, you're tired, right? Yeah, you're fatigued, but that fatigue is more stress and you, the the skeleton key for every feel good horm- hormone and and to think accurately is through exercise. So they, they got to get, they, you got to exercise every day because that will relax you, not stress you out.
1: That's great. I was going to ask you if you had any resources that you would recommend for those who are dealing with trauma, but it sounds like journaling and and just communicating are two huge resources. Is there anything you would add?
2: Yeah, I think there's a couple. I think both the meditation slash prayer, um, the the reason about prayer, here's the biggest thing I think is anything that makes you think of other people instead of yourself, right? That's where the crazy man lives is when we become self-absorbed into our own problems. And so, the more we can think about other people and wish well on other people, that's actually talc on our own soul. Um, it, it makes us, it makes our we forget about our own worries. So, but think of others and figure out ways to maybe even write notes about what you saw, about what people that other, other people did outstanding that day. Um, and then tell them later, but right, it's, it's to, train your mind to think of other people to, to how can i be of service it we, we can't we, we got to get away from the self-absorption that's what leads to despair and uh and a lot and 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 disconnection
1: i definitely agree with you and you know people who have that service orientation or purpose um i think are much more filled with gratitude
2: yeah yeah and i guess that yeah that's the other thing is is gra- a, a gratitude list um or a gratitude practice you could You call it three blessings, or or um, one. You know, they may be tired and they may be exhausted. One, you should be. You're in the fight for our species, right? Do you think the shit was supposed to be easy? Hell no. Um, Two, it's a hell of a lot better to be engaged in the fight than sitting at home worrying about losing your home, your apartment, your car, right? Because you've been laid off and you're in the service industry and, and you don't know what that future is. At least they're they're engaged with life and they're engaged in this fight, like. All of us, geez, I I was hoping I'd get called back to active duty in some way. I went running with a friend today, and uh, he's retired as well, one of my former officers. And he said the same thing. He called up his old commander like, hey, I'm ready. You know, um, so gratitude. You can't feel anything bad when you're filled with gratitude. It's it's the wonder feeling.
1: It's magic. All right. Speaking of magic, what is one thing that if you're packing for a deployment or a long time away from home, what is that one talisman or thing to bring you comfort during your times of difficulty?
2: uh i'll say okay it's pictures and books um pictures of your family and uh, and for me I'm a, I'm a huge reader so uh the, the thing is you have to exercise information hygiene right you can't you got to be careful about what you let in to the head like you can't watch the news turn that shit off and uh and so good literature good books and uh, and then for me kelly's always made little um you know photo albums of us and all of our dogs and cats and and, uh, and i look at all the time. Right? Uh, and then you, everybody's got their playlists right on their phone. or So uh, music, uh, photos, and, and, uh, and books in a good journal, right? Bring, bring something right. More than one.
1: Fantastic. I'll take all I can get. <laughs> okay. Any last advice for these nurses and healthcare professionals that are, you know, running toward the burning building right now? I mean, I,
2: take it seriously, right? Like, you're in a fight. Know that the entire planet, or at least at least our country, we're all behind you, and and you gotta, they gotta believe that, they gotta know that, that we are. Yeah, I told you, like I'm praying like a motherfucker for these guys, right? Uh, and everybody is. Um, but routine, I think, is so important. Is have a, you you need a Spartan stoic life of of, of routine. Um, so I say, get up at the same time, go to bed at the same time, and uh, and always reach out. They're going to experience something. Those people that they're going to war with right now, they will be your best besties for the rest of your life. And there is nothing better than going into the shit with people you to your left and your right that you that you trust and count on. It's it's the band of brothers, right? And that is a that's real and it sustains you forever. When this is over, you will remember those and you will remember this will be the highlight of your life. This is professional nirvana, right? Like this is a shit situation. And you're up to it. You got training. You got the technology. You got the badass ninja skills. They're special operators uh, of this this particular enemy. So
1: I was. Brian, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your insights and your experience and your thoughts on resiliency. Uh, We are going to share this with healthcare workers far and wide, and I know that they're going to benefit from your advice. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you'll share this with a healthcare worker or a first responder that you care about. Also, we hope you'll subscribe. This podcast was sponsored by TA Group Holdings with a partnership with New West Group. Till next time, adapt and overcome.